Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life, or lack of it, affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melitza Yelenich. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich, and today we have quite the trick. Actually, it was inspired from a post I saw on Facebook, and um, it's a woman that I met via Facebook, actually, in the last week. And I, and I just loved um, a post that she put up, which said, Say yes to pleasure, how women over 50 can have the best sex of their lives. I thought, this one's awesome. She's got to come on my show. So all of you listeners out there, you get to have the magic of Carla on the show tonight. How lucky are we? Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then I will tell you a little bit about me. If this is the first time you're listening to my show, um, you may have read my bio in A to Zen, or you may have just happened to stick around long enough to hear my show. You might have been listening earlier. So if this is if this is your very first time listening to my show, um, I'll just say that one of my fields of expertise is that I work with bodies, mostly for aligning spines, and also um, I do a lot of energy work. And what I find is that I work with a lot of people who are looking to either have better relationships, either with their body, with somebody else. On the most part, it has to do with how they're relating to their bodies and to other people. So um, it's kind of the segue to pleasure for me is how I um, bring that to people through energy work and body work. One of my greatest joys is actually working with bodies, and I love um, movement work. So... Um, my guest, Carla, she also calls herself Diva Carla, and I like that. My daughter's name is Ziva, and I always call her Ziva the Diva. So Diva Carla, is, um, she guides midlife women on their sacreds to say yes to more pleasure. Are we all ready to say yes to more pleasure? I know I am. I created an entire show so that I could create more pleasure so that they can have the best sex of their lives with or without a partner. Um, which I love, um, as I was talking to Carla, we were talking about the education that she does of women um, and how they can actually have greater uh, orgasms and everything. I'm so excited to talk to her. I'm like throwing stuff all over the place. So um, so Carla is also a teacher of sacred sexuality. She brings humor, intelligence, and no BS bellium to a tender and vulnerable topic, helping women to feel confident in their natural ability to experience more erotic pleasure and intimacy. She believes that sex pleasure is every woman's birthright and a vital nutrient all mission-driven women need to feel inspired, replenished, and in cahoots with the divine feminine. Carla lives on the coast of Maine, where she swims, dances, stargazes, makes art, and gardens passionately, (laughs) and is creating an incredibly thriving business. She didn't put that in her bio, but that part of it, too. Um, There's a lot of ways that you can get in contact with Carla, and I will mention them throughout the show so that 
uh, you know, as she's speaking, if she inspires you and you'd like to connect with her, um, that would be amazing. She is she's also going to talk about um, some of the things that she's creating in the very close near future. Like this week, she's a free class coming up, and this is partly why I was like, woohoo, let's talk about this so that people. Well, it looks like we might have a little problem with Melitza's line. Oh, there you are. Sorry. You kind of cut out for a minute there, darling. Oh, did I? Am I back in? You are. (laughs) Did, um, what part did you guys miss? Did you miss any of my Um, intro of Carla? Um, the only part that I think we missed was just after when you said, um, she was having a free class this week. Okay, cool. So then all you missed was the way I was um, going to give you contact info for her. Thank you for letting me know. I was looking at another page, so if you tried to... Yep, cool. <laughs> so Carla, um, you can get her at orgasmicalchemy.com. So there's no www in front of it. It's just http colon backslash backslash orgasmicalchemy.com. Uh, for those of you who already are on my Facebook page, The Pleasure Zone, and you would like that information, I'll have that posted later for you. So you, all the ways you can get in contact with Cole will be on there. If you are not um, on my Facebook page called The Pleasure Zone, feel free to um, like it, and then you can get all that information on. So part of what I really liked, I was when I was speaking with Carla the other day, um, she has. She's very modest, for one. She was talking about things that she's like. I'm not really an expert in that field. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. How she has a lot of information to share with us. So, um, one of the things that um, intrigued me, I suppose, the most is that one of her things she really likes to do is to educate people, um, and then to get to practice. So, for women who are having um, like lack of orgasm in their life. Carla is actually totally trained. It's part of her background and training and how to guide people into um, receiving better orgasms in their life. So Carla, can you tell me a little bit about, um, first, what was your life before you even were aware that you were this orgasmic, amazing being? Oh, <laughs> Hi, Melissa. Thank you for that great introduction. Oh, life before I became an amazing orgasmic being, I was a Southern Baptist. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I grew up on a farm in Tennessee in the 60s and uh, went to church like five times a week. And the result of that, there, I, learned, I knew nothing about sex. Nothing whatsoever. I was actively protected from it. I didn't know about, you know, animals mating. I grew up on a farm, you know. We had animals mating all the time. And I had a hundred cousins and no conversation <laughs> about where babies came from. Wow. And, yeah. And what I did get in church was a lot of hellfire and brimstone. And a lot of shame, and silence equals shame. And the the other thing that I did get, uh, 
Well, Southern Baptist sex education goes like this. Save it till you're married, and there better not be any shotguns at the wedding. <laughs> so I don't know if you all know about shotgun weddings in Canada. Oh, yes, we do. I, <laughs> okay. I went to Catholic high school, and we did talk about those. <laughs> So, yeah, I think people are, I hope people are aware of them. I hope it's just, like, not lost after my generation, but that's funny. (laughs) Well, back back in the old day, you know, if if teenagers, young people had sex before marriage and got pregnant, it was sort of like the daddy would take a shotgun and point it at the young man and say, now you got to marry her. So that's where that came from, if you all are younger than than our generation. so I knew I, I had a whole lot of premature cousins born, um, which meant that there must have been a shotgun somewhere in the picture. But, I mean, basically, I knew nothing about sex. And I knew that I was supposed to get married, and little I understood from reading romantic books and movies and, you know, these the Prince Charming fairy tales we had. Someday my prince would come. And whatever sex was, it was going to be wonderful, and he would do it to me. Whatever it was, right? Yeah, and (laughs) that's not what happened at all. So uh, just to kind of make the story a little bit longer, uh, I did not wait until I was married. My children were actually at my wedding, uh, but I actually had a lot of guilt and shame about that. I grew up... Uh, I went to college and first in my family history to go to college. And it was the women's movement and free love in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And ignorance and free love are not a happy combination. No. Uh, so I, he, he, the, the, the short answer is I have always been an orgasmic being. I just didn't know it. And... I learned to masturbate and be multi-orgasmic, but I didn't have orgasms during intercourse with my Prince Charming husband, and therefore I thought there was something wrong with me for 25 years. Wow. uh, That's my story. No, I love that because for me, I I can relate relate to that a lot. and maybe not the Baptist part, but I can. I'm not. I wasn't raised Baptist, but I was raised with a lot of a lot of people's points of view about how naughty that was. Jeez, um, I think I like even remember getting caught as a child and having a big lecture from a family member about how naughty that was. And mm. um, so, it's really funny how much um, society in general would tell us that women are supposed to shut that off. Or that, you know, not having an orgasm with your husband is completely normal because he's doing fine and he's happy. So that's great. And, you know, even though we're in like 2015 now, there's still that mentality out there. So lucky for us educators out there like you who are actually bringing to women tools, advising them, being able to work with women like... um when we were talking, we were talking about women's, that's when Carla and I were talking privately, not on the radio, um, about um, women who are actually now just like learning how to masturbate. And I thought, wow, that's 
really awesome because I think I've been masturbating since I can remember being four years old, maybe. So mm. it was always part of my life, too, but it was also something I knew that was everybody else thought was either naughty or I was going to get in trouble for it. So I became like this expert at how to do that and be totally silent at having an orgasm. So it's like something I mastered is I can have like silent orgasms. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, silent um, shame. Yeah, exactly. So now it's just like... um you know, about to turn 40 in a few weeks, and my body is now allowing me to have noise. In the last year or so, my body is actually having so much fun, it wants to, like, giggle and have pleasure and, like, make noises in ways it never had noises before. So I wonder how many of our listeners out there also have either had so much shame around sex and their sexuality and bodies that they just totally cut off ever exploring any more of that. So for you, like what um what is something that you can share with the audience, maybe if they're going through that shame that can start to kind of give them a maybe if you have a um something in your toolbox of of um expertise that you can share with us so that women can either start to enjoy their bodies more or even if they have never really masturbated or they've never masturbated without um, a vibrator or whatever it is, or if they've never used a vibrator and only masturbated other ways or refused it altogether, is there anything you can share with them to kind of get them so that they'll maybe choose more to even open and invite their whole bodies to receive pleasure from themselves to start? Oh, that's a great one. Uh, Melitza, before I answer that, I just want to say I'm very happy for you because you are about to enter the fiery 40s. The 40s I know, I'm hot. excited. <laughs> I'm really yeah. excited for it. I'm like, woohoo, it's 40. I hope I can hit, you know, menopause any day now. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, just, oh, gosh, I can remember. What, climbing the walls, hot and horny in my 40s, yeah. <laughs> but about about women who are as I was until I um, set about learning, it became um, the next part of my story is that my marriage broke up and it became my personal mission to heal my shame and my ignorance and, and fix what was wrong with me because I still believed I was flawed. I, I sought information. And I didn't know how in the world to find it because 15 years ago, uh, the Internet was just barely coming online. You couldn't find things, and I might have been too shy to look for it. Um, but I did happen to meet a teacher online in a, a business online community. Prior to Facebook existing, there were you could find a few early communities online. Mm-hmm. And that's how I began my journey to become Diva Carla. Uh, Diva is actually a title. Oh, cool. And this actually connects to the answer to your question because I want women to hear this. Diva means divine intelligence, vulvically awakened. Ooh. This is our sacredness, women, our divinity as women, embodied goddess. And... If you are feeling any 
any shame or embarrassment or uncertainty about your ability to be a fully orgasmic woman, I just want you to let that in. You, too, are diva. I love that. I, I love that an acronym. That's great. Divine Intelligence Vulvically Awakened. That's awesome. Conferred by the priestess I studied with in an Egyptian, ancient Egyptian sacred sexuality. So what else I would say to women, like the very first I teach, is that this simple principle, your sex belongs to you. Not to your husband, your parents, your religion, the state, the doctor. It belongs to you. And before before you really have any kind of sharing of your sexuality with another person, you really must love yourself and feel good about pleasuring yourself because it's yours. All of the feelings, orgasm, pleasure, even desire, they are grounded inside of you. So that's the first thing. And if you can accept that and go from there, then exploration can become a little bit more of an adventure rather than um, a shameful secret or something that you even avoid. Cool. So when... um when we come back, can you give us some more steps after that step one? Happy to. Awesome. Thank you. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The bars is the first class in access consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. 
To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich, and tonight my, go- my guest is Diva Carla. And she is a, uh, a sex educator. She also uh, is so many more things, um, including that, which is of her expertise and her field of knowledge. So for those of you who are just joining us, um, Carla was taking us through a few steps um, that will kind of allow people. So my question was like, what do you do for people who are who have maybe never chosen to explore their bodies or who have never chosen to explore beyond what they've done their bodies? And so Carla is giving us a few tips and pointers on um creating a more orgasmic life in general and for um really it kind of starts with us right so um do you have any, anything else you'd like to tell us about carla yes yes um step 1 is to believe that you own your sex and step 2 is to know that you own your body and part of owning your body is knowing how it works and the the problem we've had as women is that uh, people have not understood the sex, female sexuality and how female pleasure works. Our bodies work very differently. We know that our bodies work differently than men, but there's been a judgment about that, like there's something wrong with us because we're, I mean, once you're past the youthful hormone surges that happen kind of in our teens and 20s, we're we're not like necessarily instantly aroused and instantly ready to have intercourse. Intercourse is like not the main event for us. (laughs) No, not so much. (laughs) But yeah, I do remember being 16 and like, like wet for everything, I could like look at a tree and I was ready to go. Like it was yeah, like right. very few things could have turned me off. So yes, I get that. Yeah, in your teens, yes, you could be walking around with puddles in your pants all the time, and now it might actually require some stimulation. And how much more fun is that, though? Like that's a lot of fun being able to have somebody willing to explore your body and have fun with it and you willing to explore your own body own your body own your sex and choose for you like that is so fun yes so uh first of all women even if you're in a relationship make regular time for self pleasure make it a practice like a a self care practice the same way eating right and you know, taking care of your teeth and your skin and your hair, all of these things. Uh, Taking care of your vulva, exploring your body, exploring your pleasure, discovering what your own touch feels like on your body is holy and it's healthy. It's yummy. <laughs> yes. Sometimes better than food. <laughs> so. And and you need to know how 
well, first of all, you will discover more about how your body works. It's a process called pleasure mapping. And so we, we want to know, uh, understand what the erotic structures inside of our bodies and outside, what our genitals are really like, how they become aroused, what's happening, uh, what's, what needs to happen in sequence. And we're all, there's some general things because we all basically have a similar anatomy, but we're also all unique. So my path to pleasure may be a little different from your path to pleasure. And you really do have to discover that for yourself. I like this. So with pleasure mapping, is that something that you um, facilitate for people? Like if they really don't know what their path to pleasure is, do you kind of, do you have a program where you can guide them through that? Or do you have, like, do you do that as private sessions? Or you just kind of give them hints or something? Or how is it that you do this pleasure mapping with people? Well, I teach it uh, as a part of a three-month uh, sacred pleasure program. Uh, I also teach it from time to time, you know, pieces of it in my free teleclasses uh, where I introduce my work to people. Um, you can, there, you know, there are books where you can learn about your body. Um, I would love to for people to come to my free class this coming weekend, but I would be remiss if I did not share the work of Sherry Winston, her book, uh, Woman's Anatomy of Arousal. So it's called, um, um, I think it has another name, and I'm sitting here going blank on what the name of her book is. Um, hmm, let me see if I can uh, maybe find it. Maybe it is. It is Women's Anatomy of Arousal. That's the name of her book, Sherry okay, Winston. Cool. Uh, that book every woman needs on her shelf. Uh, I don't have I, it yet. <laughs> yeah, so and I have, I have all of my clients get that book. Um, and then, and then I coach them. I work privately, and in 2015, I'll be doing small groups. This work is wonderful in groups because you get to share the experience with other women. Um, if you're familiar with the Red Tent movement or the book, The Red yeah. Tent, yep. we didn't do this alone. Part of no. the problem is that we're isolated. And this information that we used to share together. And so It would be great I, if we could do that again. Like really like yeah. women as a – and the wisdom of women that is kind of been lost as women have been – separated from from kind of like the tribe of woman, right? It's like somehow we lost we we started to kind of lose that connection to each other and sharing our wisdom. And I'm glad that I have uh friends in my life that we are kind of reclaiming that in a lot of ways. For the 25 years of my marriage when I thought there was something wrong with me, I had girlfriends, we talked about everything except our sexuality and our orgasms. Oh, wow. You know, it might have been a, that simple. Yeah, might have been, right? <laughs> so, and but now I, you're, and I, now I, you're I out there talking ashamed. to everybody about it. Yeah. I talk to everybody I can, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so um, in these group sessions, is this um, – I know that uh, a number of years ago I was watching um, programs on – 
as oh, I've been always fascinated by sexuality. It was kind of like my uh, undefined minor in university. I just had a whole bunch of courses on history of sex, sexuality, unusual things like related to sex and sexuality. So uh, one of the things that I, I remember seeing a documentary on um, it was like a spiritual circle of women and they used uh, they kind of used masturbation as a way in this like group of women to um, as a, like a healing modality as well, but also part of it was um, there was a sacredness about the circle they were creating, and I think it was for also like create things in their lives as well. So using mm-hmm. like the energy of masturbation for creating things in their lives, and they were doing it um, collectively, so it wasn't an individual thing at all. That is a beautiful practice. Uh, it's, uh, I would actually, I, I think it would be awesome to be in a group like that. Um, <laughs> when I work with like, people, we'll, we're working virtually. <laughs> yeah, right. We're, yeah, so we're on the we're on a conference line, kind of like being on this radio show, and we, you know, I I teach their resources. You know, they read the book, maybe talk about what we need to talk about, and then they go. And in their own place, they could be all from all over the world gathered together mm-hmm. uh, on the phone. So they practice in their own space, and then they come back, and it's it's kind of like a um, orgasm or masturbation coaching program. It's the coolest uh, thing ever, really. When you told me that yeah, yeah. yesterday when we spoke, or whatever day that was, and I was like. Man, that's like my dream job. <laughs> I would love to do what you yes. do. It's just so yes. cool. And I giggle like a child because it's kind of like silly and fun it's and easy. playful all at the same time and it's awesome and like life-changing for people to actually receive their bodies and not reject them anymore. And yes. to have like open conversation about it is amazing. Well, it's also sacred and holy. It's very much needed and it will change the world. Women who can. are waking that up, yeah, can change the world yeah. for sure. Choosing for themselves is huge, huge, so awesome. I'm I'm just so excited for what you're creating and the vulnerability that you be for women to be able to choose you so that, you know, you can contribute to their lives is like, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It is beautiful and it's an honor. And, you know, depending on an individual woman's story, she may need to work privately, at least for a mm-hmm. while. Um, you know, people, uh, my story is not uncommon, especially for women in my age group. I'm going to be 60 this year. And I work with women between, a lot of them between the ages of, of 40 and into their 70s. I love working with women in their 70s who just say, it's now or never. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's all, uh, yeah, they're so empowered usually. You know, they're just like, okay, I'm choosing it. Finally, I'm choosing it. And and it's amazing, too, to see, like, the generation of the women who are in their 70s. And, and I do body work with women of all ages and, and men, too. But um, I was recently working with a woman who was uh, in her early 80s. 
And I was showing her something about movement in her body, and I asked her to open her legs, and she almost went into tears. I said, is it okay if you can just sit with your legs open? (laughs) And for her, that was incredibly vulnerable. She had pants on, but for her, it was like she had never in her life even opened her legs. And her husband was like, look on his face, was like, whoa, I can't believe she just opened her legs in public. He wasn't, like, judging her for it. He was just amazed that that she actually did this. It was like, wow. And so if that's huge for a woman, there's there's a lot of other huge, like, things that, um, like, like masturbation probably for her would be incredible. Yeah, Melissa, we're we're talking about this from a perspective of fun and high energy, and yet it is really profound and and deep work. It is mm-hmm. a big challenge, and the women who step forward to say, "I am going to own this about myself," I'm I'm going to break the legacy of shame and repression and possibly abuse that I've been carrying around with me. These women are so courageous. And men as well. I I do have some men clients who find their way to me. And anyone, I am courageous. You, a 30-year-old and a 40-year-old, are courageous to have this show. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we do talk a lot about a lot of things on here. And what I um I haven't actually really talked about masturbation directly on this show. So mm-hmm. I thought who better than somebody who educates people about it um to talk about this. So really grateful for that. And yeah, so with the women who yeah, it is actually a really really a really deep conversation and there is so much there can be so much shame for people around this and there's so many so many aspects for people to be able to heal just like I was saying like that woman opening her legs is a really big deal so yeah how much more like um you know my grandmother she was a woman who her whole life she was European and she had like a headdress for her the most vulnerable thing was for people to see her hair and I remember as a child um I never saw her hair and then as she she was dying. I one day went into her bedroom and her hair was uncovered and she started to cry. She felt like she was she felt so vulnerable. And I and I so I sort of helped her get her, her um headscarf on cuz she just she she'd never been like that naked in front of me. Oh. So it's really moment. like yeah, right? And there's so there's so many um parts of us and like that for her was incredible vulnerability. So, you know, when we are talking about vulnerability with bodies and like choosing to to even masturbate on your own if it is for like the very first time in your life. And I had um, a few friends as well um, years ago, and one of the women had been seriously um, sexually abused uh, repeatedly, repeatedly as a child and as a teenager. And so in her early 40s, she had never had an orgasm that she was aware of. And I remember asking her, like, did you ever masturbate? Do you have, like, a vibrator? I've always had these conversations with people. So I've just, like, Mm -hmm. asked, hey, do you have a vibrator? Have you ever tried that? She's like, I just can't even try that. So, um, 
It was probably about two or three years after knowing her that I remember her saying that she actually tried that and it was like the first time in her life she had an orgasm. And it was I was like so happy for her. <laughs> I was like wanting to celebrate because it was like she finally chose her and she chose her body over, you know, she could have chosen the abuse to take over her for the rest of her life and never have pleasure. And she said like, no, I'm actually going to choose pleasure. Well, I say to everyone, choose pleasure and and recognize that there there are so many ways to experience pleasure, and it be an unfolding if you're coming from a place of of a great fear and a, a great conditioning or a great sense of self protection vulnerability, and yet you are determined to break through and become the orgasmic woman you are designed to be by divine right, then take it slow. It's it can be a moment of epiphany of, you know, the first time you you masturbate, maybe the f- sensations and feelings do just and you have an orgasm. Or it might take many times. Uh, and in that case, having a coach or having a group or books, um, even having the right lover can be helpful. Whatever resources, so that you're not alone, it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... Um that being alone when and if you feel like you're not doing it right, it's not working out right, you can end up beating yourself over the head a lot for the wrongness of you or well there's gotta be something wrong with my body or there's gotta be something wrong with what I'm doing. Like that can downward spiral. So yeah, support groups are amazing. People who are willing to talk about it as friends, as you know, whether you do have a, a coach, like if you, cho- if you choose to work with Carla, you know, and have a coach, have somebody have your back while you're going through whatever you're going through is um, what an amazing thing to have that. I, I know I was four, so I don't think I had. <laughs> I was just like, hey, that feels good and I'm going for it and I'm going to just keep on going for it for the rest of my life. Um, but my, like, I remember my mm-hmm. masturbation tool as a kid was like my pillow and it was like my happy pillow and it was oh. like the the happiest thing I had in the world to rub against and I was so happy and so I, I actually even as a child like talked to my other friends about it I remember they would come over and they'd be like do you want to play dolls I'm like well I know about this thing and I touched this thing and it was really good and they're like really I'm like yeah do you ever do that and some of them were like, yeah, and some of them thought I was right off my rocker, but yeah, I, rem- I remember you were a being teacher. pretty young. Yeah, like under the age of 10 and like asking people, like, do you do this? Like, do you want to see what I do? Like, this is what you do. What I do. So it was, um, yeah, it was for me, it was like really um, f- funny, but also it created in some a lot of shame for me. I was, I was so like uh willing to explore things and when other people thought i was like what are you doing that's weird i was like really but it feels so darn good i don't know why it's weird <laughs> so yeah so you're an a example kid. of what i call uh, the definition of innocence innocence is before we learned that sex was bad 
Right, yeah. And what if we all mm-hmm. have that, like, as a part of us somewhere, you know, and we can tap into that innocence part where it's still, where it can be fun, and where that part is where we don't have that shame so much anymore, and that, uh, you know, when you go, you explore your body. Like, it isn't just your, um, I know that we were, we were um, looking at something on Facebook, um, and I had put you on to that, Carla, and, and when I read it too, I knew that a lot of that needed to be debunked. <laughs> there were like nine myths about orgasms or something. Um, And some of them were quite funny, like the G-spot doesn't exist. It's like, wait a minute, I have a lot of friends, mind you, I haven't had personally that like experience yet in my life, so looking forward to it. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friends report, you know, their capacities like to squirt and I'm like, wow, that's phenomenal, like good for you. How great is your body that... It produces enough fluid to just keep on having more fun and more fun and more fun. Mm-hmm. And so the stuff around um, the, I think I think how you refer to it is the mythical or mystical, how to find your G-spot. So does the my question about that is like, does, can anybody have a G-spot orgasm? Like I've heard so many different points of view on it and read so many different articles about G-spot, and now there's like an A-spot, and there's like three other letters as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah can, um, what are you aware of on those like letters? Like, do they have different sensations? Are the locations different? Are they different in everybody's body? Do they, you know, is there something that uh, I can look forward to like going, oh, okay, maybe we're in the right spot here, <laughs> so let's keep going. Uh, my... My grief and my and, and everything that I've learned from other experts, everybody from scientific researchers to uh, people like Sherry to the people I learned sex bod with, sex my priestess. We are designed in a certain way. We are designed to be orgasmic. So in our bodies, we have naturally clitoris uterus, um, ovaries, vagina, and we have all kinds of tissues that make up these structures. And we have nerves. And the nerves, some of us um, have more nerves that are clitoral. Some may have more nerves that are around the anus or around the vagina. And so different, um, we may get turned on by different kinds of touch and Different activities can be more orgasmic for us, but we are all made with the same thing, and that we all have a G-spot. Cool. Uh, Now, listen to this, though. We've only just discovered and really looked at this, this information about what our anatomy is like in the last five to ten years. Before that... We thought it was the clitoris and everything else was a myth. Uh, We're not allowed to touch ourselves. We are taught to feel shame. We are taught to get into bed with a member of the opposite sex and have intercourse, and that's good. That's it. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) Now you're done. So, yeah, 
where we have been, we have literally been cut off from even the the wholeness and the okayness of being sexual beings. So, uh, of course, it's all a mystery. We don't know what's in there, and we're and we're discovering new things all the time. It's ancient wisdom. Our ancestors knew it. Uh, but for us, it's like, oh, we're either making stuff up or we've just discovered it like it just evolved. It didn't exist before some scientist discovered it. That's right. No. There was a man involved. So, he discovered it. <laughs> That's so, how. And, yeah. So, so and, I remember... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I re- I remember reading somewhere we were talking about like the clitoral orgasm, and that's pretty much where it ended. But uh, or you know um, some vaginal orgasms, and I remember reading something about mm-hmm. Freud saying that uh, that clitoral orgasms were like infantile for women, and he he really put this kind of stain on it in a way. So I always thought, wow, you jackass. <laughs> Because yeah. that really works for me. I'm not infantile, darn it. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, it's best if we don't talk about Freud now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, what I did, though, yeah. like, also hear about was um, how different cultures in the world. You talked to me about something else that was cultural that I found fascinating. Um, but one of the things that I had kind of come across in my research in um, cultures is that there was there were tribes in um, North America that would pair up their partners according to the look of their genitals because they could see that um, certain male genitals would match well with certain female genitals. And, um, you know, there was, like, different uh, descriptions using, like, um, you know, animal wisdom. It it was really amazing because when they described it, I went... Oh, that's mine. Oh, and it was kind of like I could get how the anatomy of my body, like the position of my clitoris mm-hmm. in comparison to my vaginal opening is different than another woman's. So she might have like clitoral stimulation while she's having vaginal stimulation, but my anatomy isn't like that. So, yeah. um, and I think that can also get a lot of people judging them like how come so and so can have an orgasm in five minutes but it takes me forever because my clitoris is right beside my vaginal opening right and that that's a big thing about it's take too long and mm-hmm. we just there's all kinds of reasons why it could be taking long and a lot of them are not about what's going on in the bed they're what's going on in the relationship or inside your own soul, inside your own history. Mm-hmm. Um, so just I, I'd like to offer something. I, I want to offer the listeners something that is going to change everything. Awesome. And you may you may actually you may know it, you may not, but just in case you don't one reason people have trouble finding the G spot, or as I refer to it, the sacred spot, is that you don't find it in an unaroused vagina. Mm-hmm. It's located on the top of the vagina. Uh, it is part of the structure called the urethral sponge, which is tissue that is surrounds the urethra that comes from the bladder. It's where 
P comes from. Mm-hmm. And it it is not, you won't feel it in terms of stimulation or pleasure. Can you feel it as a structure on your body if you're not already really aroused and turned on? Like they, sometimes even if you've already had an orgasm, say you've had one orgasm with the clitoris and then you go inside and start exploring. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what these so-called researchers are doing or or when they're saying, eh, sure I've had my hand in, I don't know how many women and I didn't find a single G-spot. Well, did you make love to her before you put your hand in there to find her G-spot? I mean, it's... Probably not, eh? <laughs> Probably <Yeah>. not. <laughs> you just, um, I don't know. It's so so, and and here is the thing you can take to the orgasmic bank. It takes <laughs> a good half hour of loving attention, stimulation for a woman to become fully aroused. That sounds great. And even more, yeah. even more fun, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't use the word foreplay. I say it's all sex. Yeah. Foreplay implies that it's you know the pregame show. Yeah. It's uh, it's not the real thing. Well, for women, it's the real thing. It's no real thing unless you are fully stimulating her entire body and beyond her body, her soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. That's how we have orgasms. That are really fantastic. <laughs> when we do include the being and the soul and like all of that, all of that's included, it can be far more fun than wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And off we go. Um, so, yeah. And there's a lot of that. I mean, sometimes uh sometimes what you get but you can you can choose differently and like what if you you know for the women who are thinking oh my husband will never stimulate me for half an hour like what if you stimulate you for half an hour absolutely adore your body to like from head to toe and then go okay yeah you know what i'm totally aroused and happy my body's joyful and if you really would like to, you know, partake in, like, intercourse, my body is, you know, then, you, you, of course, you have choice. Like, my body, it choose because now my body's happy. It would be more fun often with a partner, but if you, part, if you really feel like your partner's not going to choose it, mm-hmm. to, like, spend the time with you, can you start with you and then kind of, maybe that would entice them to start doing that, too. Because chances are, how many men out there actually know what they're doing? And would well, like to be told, do this, please, for me. Men, men want to please women, their women. They definitely do. And they do need need our honest help. So once a woman knows about her body, she that's one of the things I teach, is how to begin to communicate, intimate communication with your partner so that he feels good about it. And we're not making him wrong. Mm-hmm. We're just giving him permission to do things that he he didn't know it was okay to do. Um, I'll I'll tell you what, 
everybody is welcome to come to my free teleclass at the end of the where I'm going to go, and I'm going to talk about all of this in more depth. Um, Amazing. So where can they find your free teleclass? Can I post that on the Pleasure Zone page, or would you like to give them the info now to how to find the free teleclass? Well, def- definitely post it. Um, I have a short URL. It's... Um, Go to bit.ly forward slash say yes to pleasure. All one word, all lowercase. Awesome. And that will get you to the sign-up form where you can um, get access. And we'll be live on the phone on Thursday and Friday afternoon. And it will be recorded if you can't make it at that time. Thank you. And everyone, I will give you um, a quick give you Carla's information so you can get a hold of her in different ways. So um, you can reach her uh, via um, email at divacarla at orgasmicalchemy.com. You can Twitter her as well, um, divacarla. And also, if you'd like to find her on um, Facebook, you can go to Reclaim Your True Power with Diva Carla. And so that's a few ways to get a hold of her. And how cool is it that we've had a coach, masturbation coach on here? I adore you and you're creating. It's just so cool. <laughs> um, and I also got information that there is, you can actually be trained as well in the work that Carla does. So if her career totally juices you up, it gets you going and makes you go, wow, I'd really like to choose that. Um, there are ways you can start choosing that. It's uh-huh. pretty amazing. And so we've got about 30 seconds left. Um, I just wanted to let all the listeners know that um, for anybody who's in the Toronto area in the next week, I will be there uh, offering sessions, and I also do sessions via Skype um, and on the phone. So if you are looking for me as well, you can find me at www.melitsajelenic.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. Thank you so much for coming on. Super grateful for you, Carla. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for inviting me. It's been wonderful. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then... Have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.